We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everybody, welcome to week 14 of the Football Guys Power Grid. No Dan Bach today, so you have the original, I don't know if it's the original crew, but it's certainly somewhere along the lines of what we've had in the past. Ryan Hester joining us, uh, along with John Lee and Phil Alexander, as always. Looks like an interesting week this week, so I'm going to toot my horn because Dan always calls it out, but I actually won one of the uh, DraftKings four-mans that we do but none of you guys care about that. So let's go ahead and jump into uh, the Vegas. What are we What are we doing here, John? I mean, this is like the lowest week that we've seen in years. How, how, yeah. I mean, what it, are we doing? It, it, it's, you know, we, we, we talked a little bit about this before the show, and, and uh, I think collectively we're somewhat baffled about what's happening in the NFL right now with regards to team totals, game totals, this week, we only have one game, one game that's above 50 points, and that's the uh, Buffalo going down to Tampa Bay, uh, Josh Allen against Tom Brady. Uh, this is a really attractive game, Tampa Bay. Uh, their implied team total is 28 points, and Buffalo's not far behind with 25. But after that, it's slim pickings. It's uh, it's really strange. I mean, to be fair, the number one, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the number one team total on the, on the slate this week is uh, Kansas City against Las Vegas. Uh, we're going to talk about that. It'll be interesting to see what folks think about Patrick Mahomes. There's rumors that he's a game manager now. I'm not sure I buy into that. But uh, Patrick Mahomes, is uh, he's $8,000 on DraftKings, and I think he's the, the most expensive quarterback on the slate. The question is, do you pay up for him in a game that they're supposed to win by 10 against uh, Las Vegas? And, uh, you know, there's some questions there. No three-star teams at all um, in the passing game on the Vegas value chart this week over here on Football Guys. There's one three-star running game, and that's Kansas City. But, of course, they split up their carries there with uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Daryl Williams. So um, not a real clear-cut answer there. Um, And then there's four one-star passing teams. The Chargers, and there's a lot of questions about the Chargers right now because of COVID situations with their two primary wide receivers. You got the Cowboys and uh, uh, the Washington football team in an NFC East uh, showdown, which typically these are low scoring, which I was surprised to see uh, a a Vegas total 48 on that game. And then uh, you got a couple heavy favorites rounding out those one-star plays. Tennessee hosting Jacksonville and Denver. I'm actually interested to hear what you all have to say about this game. Denver is a 10-point favorite over the Detroit Lions. I know the Lions are bad, but, hey, they're hot. They just came (laughs) off a a big victory last week, and uh, uh, no respect in Vegas for them. They're a 10-point underdog against a Teddy Bridgewater-led Broncos offense. Uh, I guess the the, the upside of all of this is there's a slew of defenses to choose this week. Uh, There are probably, looking at this, I'm guessing there are seven teams projected as to score less than than 20 points. So um, interesting week, maybe not a high scoring week, but hey, all you got to do is finish at the top. If the, if the other guy scores three, all you got to do is score 3.1. So 
Uh, we're going to walk you through exactly how to finish at the top of those boards this week and uh, hand it back to you, Devin. All right. So, Ryan, we're going to start with you at quarterbacks. Not a lot of injuries here this week. I think we have Jake Fromm and Mike Glennon. They're trying to figure it out, but I don't know that anyone's going to care either way who actually starts in the Giant in New York. But, Ryan, where are we starting for cash games? Are you paying up at, at here at the top end with uh, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen? Might we go down to uh, Taysom Hill or Cam Newton? Where are you going? Yeah, so I mean, the answer to the Giants is just the Chargers defense, first of all. So we'll knock that out. Either way, I think we're good there. Um, but but I think your 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 question was, you know, kind of leads leads me to exactly where I was going. Is there's really no middle ground here this week, especially in a cash game situation. It, it it's it's either you know for me it's Josh Allen or Tom Brady. Um, you know, Allen has the better matchup, but Brady ha- is at home and has the higher projected total. Um, Tredavious White being out for Buffalo make, gives them a little less teeth in that defense. And we've seen a million times in Tom Brady's career that the defensive matchup almost doesn't matter. He's going to do what he's going to do most of the time. Uh, and then also down at the bottom, Taysom Hill and Cam Newton are both interesting. I, I'd probably prefer Taysom Hill. Just, I mean, Cam Newton stinks, right? So um, Hill, Hill does too, but he seems more likely to uh, finish the game, certainly have a longer leash. Uh, his team is not too enthralled with his backup, even if he does start uh, on, on a struggling or even if he does start to struggle. So I, I agree with you. It is either pay up or pay down. Um, I've made lineups where I like both. Right. It, it, and I don't think we're sacrificing too much. So I'm, I'm curious to see what you other guys think. And then, um, you know, the other thing that the, the other guy that I looked at and shout out to you, Devin, because it's your boy, Justin Airbear. Uh, but are we worried about him without two, uh, two, his top two wide receivers? So is it worth getting off of him and, and just finding the money for Allen or just going way down to those other guys? And, 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 and you know, speaking Phil's language, maybe will enough people go away from him that he becomes attractive in a different, uh, in a different game, different kind of format. So he, he's somebody I looked at, but I'm a little nervous about those wide receivers. And, and I'm sure we'll talk about another wide receiver option on that team where we can get some indirect uh, Justin Herbert exposure. Uh, later in the show, but I, my, my my preference so far is is the the Josh Allen or Tom Brady route, paying up and then finding value elsewhere. John, are you paying up in cash? No, I never pay up in cash. I am I'm off off, off mute. Sorry, I never pay up in cash for um, quarterback when when I think that I can get away with with uh, paying down. And this week, uh, Ryan called both the the guys I'm looking at. That's Taysom Hill and and Cam Newton. Um, of the two, I, I, t- I like Taysom Hill this week. We got some questions around the quarter, the running back position there in New Orleans, and uh, we we are coming off a week where Taysom scored what he scored like thirty points last week, something crazy with, with four interceptions. Uh, I don't care how many he had. No, I know it's amazing. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, even matter how bad he is. Throws six this week and comes up yeah. with forty points. Uh, but uh, no, I, I mean, I want to pay down at quarterback, and I've talked about this on the show for years now. Um, if you can get away in cash, um, you know, these guys are going to touch the ball 35 times. There's a lot of room for error where there's not as much room for errors at the running back and wide receiver positions where volume um, is not so guaranteed. And so um, I'm likely paying down um, in that 5K range for a quarterback, and it's likely to be Taysom Hill right now against a Jets defense that's allowed people to do a lot of things this year. And that will afford me the flexibility to do some different things and spending up at a, at a position like running back or wide receiver. Yeah. This seems like a week where it's really site dependent on DraftKings, You're going to want the savings going from almost eight K down to 56, 54. I prefer Hill as well. FanDuel, you don't get as much of a discount going cheap at quarterback. So Taysom Hill's 7,700 compared to like a Tom Brady who's who's 8,200. So I don't know if I would go Brady against Buffalo. I know Tredavious White is out, so there's there's some questions there. Maybe you want to look at Mahomes or or Justin Herbert um, in that matchup. But I do think Taysom Hill on DraftKings is the consensus cash game play this week. Phil, where are we starting with GPPs? And then Ryan and John jump in with guys that you like um, to add in there. Yeah, it's really interesting hearing you guys talk about Taysom Hill and and having you come to a unanimous agreement that he's the cash game guy because 
that usually does inform uh, GPP ownership, right? The guys that are heavily owned in cash are also going to be the ones that are heavily rostered in tournaments. And my initial thought as I was looking at the slate was that Justin Herbert was going to be like really popular uh, for a quarterback. And, and I was thinking that because of the fact that everybody likes Justin Herbert, you know, he's typically a fairly public uh, quarterback and he, the fact that he's going to be missing, it's a little bit unclear actually what's going on. There's a, there's talk that Keenan Allen might actually be able to clear the COVID protocols. Uh, Mike Williams looks more likely uh, than Keenan Allen to clear those protocols. So I don't think he's going to be without both of those, but my lean right now as of Thursday would be that Allen sits and Williams starts, and that gives um, that gives Herbert a really cheap wide receiver one at 6K with Williams for stacking. Uh, and then to double stack them, you've got uh, a very cheap uh, Jared Cook. You've got uh, even like a, a Josh Palmer or Jalen Guyton uh, who are going to be on the field a lot. And my thought was that we're going to see like 15 to 18% Herbert stacks. Am I off? In, in I have him at that? I have him at eight percent right now. At eight, so I've can I have Cam Newton at about fifteen and Taysom Hill at about thirteen. Okay, so th- those guys and and the savings, I guess, were going to be a little bit more popular than I might have thought, and that's going to take. And it all away comes down to Austin Eckler. I think Austin Eckler is going to be incredibly popular. We're going to talk about running backs in a minute, but I think he's their their wide receiver one this week. If Keenan Allen doesn't play. And can't you stack him with Herbert too, though? You know, it's not like it's not like they're negatively correlated. So, I don't know. I, I just saw. I, I just thought that it was going to be like Chargers galore out there, and people would have some some questions about Taysom Hill um, after the four interceptions, and especially Cam Newton. I mean, the last time we saw him, the guy was benched uh, for uh, PJ Walker, and his offensive coordinator got fired over the bye week. You know, how do, how do you get fired on your day off? So <laughs> Friday reference. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that that was kind of my thought on, on where people are going to head. I think it was either up to Herbert down uh, to Hill or Newton, like you guys said. And I think that leaves the rest of the top tier a little bit underexposed for tournaments. Um, particularly Josh Allen strikes me as a good tournament play. Lamar Jackson was sharp last week. I noticed him on a high percentage of um, professional rosters. Uh, He didn't come through. Maybe he could again. He certainly got a top three ceiling, and he's going to be very low rostered. Uh, That's really all I've got. I mean, I'm I'm probably going to be mixing those quarterbacks that we talked about together and trying to get different elsewhere. Yeah, Lamar. Just for the record, I, I want to I want to just wrap up something there. Uh, Devin, you said you had you had uh, Justin Herbert where at what number? I had him eight. eight. Yeah, one of one of our competitors, uh, just looking up various folks, have him at at thirteen percent, which would be highest on the week. So, um, you know these 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 numbers typically equilibrate coming into the weekend, um, but um, I I think he will end up being popular for all the reasons you've said. I, I mean, he comes out really high in my model as well. Yeah. I mean, the difference between eight and thirteen is not much, right? So it's it can and, very easily flip between somewhere in the middle ground. Who knows? But I, I think people are going to settle more on the Taysom Hill, Cam Newton bandwagon as the week gets further along, simply because they're going to want to play some of these higher end running backs, or they're not going to be comfortable playing. You, we'll get to wide receiver in a little bit, but it's pretty it's pretty bleak in the in the middle ground. So. Um, John, any other GPP names that you wanted to mention before we go on to running backs? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I've got a couple here that, that come out high for me. And and um, as I've always said, that uh, my my quarterback um, roster ship really depends on <clears throat> what I'm doing at the wide receiver position. And uh, the wide receivers that I like this week play for Seattle, Jacksonville, and uh, and the Kansas city chiefs. So as a result of that, I like, um, all bad offenses, by the way, yeah, they could be bad, <laughs> bad I was saying that a year ago, about two of those three. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, to be fair, uh, Russell Wilson has not looked himself. I don't think he's thrown for 300 yards and maybe since week one or week two. Um, but for that reason, he's going to be completely overlooked in, in GPPs. And he's going up against the Houston Texans defense. that's absolutely horrid. Uh, you've got uh, Trevor Lawrence in a game that he should be throwing the ball maybe 40 times. And all of his receivers are uber cheap. Um, and then you've got um, Patrick Mahomes, who uh, apparently has turned into a game manager and um, hasn't thrown a lot of touchdowns of late. I'm not ready to give up on this guy. And because he's so expensive, I actually think he's going to be overlooked, uh, believe it or not, despite the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs have the highest implied team total on the board this week on the main slate. Go ahead, Phil. You didn't like one of my calls, which is... He crushed Vegas the last time they played, too. Like, Mahomes' only good game in the last two months was against Vegas. Last yeah. It seems like he crushes them every time they play. I think you're right. Go ahead, Phil. Yeah, I, I was just going to chime in on Trevor Lawrence. I mean, how many times are the Jaguars going to be implied to throw the ball 40-plus times, and how many times are we going to watch, like, Urban Meyer, like, tuck it into Carlos Hyde's gut in the fourth quarter and and just watch the entire thing, like, vanish in front of our eyes? I mean, I, I do like uh, – I like one Jacksonville receiver a lot. We'll talk about him later. But I, I think you could get your uh, Trevor Lawrence exposure via the wide receivers and just leave him out of your plans. The only the only other name in, in Phil you mentioned him briefly that I really like this week. I do really like Lamar Jackson going up against Cleveland. Um, you look at the, these two teams. So the Browns are playing. They had, they played the Ravens, then had a bye, and then they're playing the Ravens again, sort of in a weird scheduling quirk. Lamar Jackson threw for four interceptions the last time that they met. He did run for seventy yards. So if he doesn't throw for or if he doesn't throw four interceptions, he could easily top a hundred yards rushing. I do think that they're, the Browns are somewhat susceptible. Out, their pass rush is very good, but their secondary and linebacking core does leave a little bit to be desired there. So um, Lamar Jackson also hasn't scored a rushing touchdown since week two, so there could be some positive regression. Are you running coming. him naked, Devin? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because yeah, I, I don't have any of his receivers as being I think naked. the only way he hits it is if he runs for like 140 and one or 140 and two, and then you get some – you know, you get some passing in there too. He's like the only guy that I would ever run naked. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm in support of that. I think, I think, you know, if you're, if you're running him naked, that's fine. But if you do that from a game theory perspective, you really need to load up on whether you're doing a lineup builder, you're building your lineups manually. You need to do a lot of correlation everywhere else because it's, it's really difficult to win these tournaments with a, a naked quarterback at this point. If you're playing like the Millie Maker with 200,000 lineups, because um, I don't like any of his, his uh, receivers this week, even even Mark Andrews. So yeah. Okay. Can I throw, I'm sorry. Yeah, could I could ahead. I throw one more out there? I don't mean to cut you off. This, this one is kind of like a, a harebrained scheme, uh, but I'll I'll just throw it out there that Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, John mentioned it at the at the jump. Uh, Denver is a 10 point favorite at home against the Lions. Uh, that's a good spot for quarterback scoring, and depending on how the uh, injury report shakes out, we might see mega chalk uh, in the Denver backfield, uh, which means that their passing game would provide all sorts of leverage in a pretty good spot. So uh, don't love the, it. It wouldn't be the power grid if Bill Alexander was not talking about the Denver Broncos. <laughs> um, okay, let's jump into running backs. Some injuries to note. It seems like the 49ers are sort of banged up. Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson are both questionable. If one of those guys misses, one of them could be could be interesting. If they both miss, Jermichael Hasty may be interesting. But I think the big news here, it seems like Melvin Gordon is going to miss, which leaves Javante Williams um, all alone. So we shall see if. Gordon does miss with his hip issue, but John, where are we starting at running backs this week? You know, it's a position this week that's that's interesting because I look as I look at my uh, my chart here, seven or eight players very very close in terms of points per dollar, uh, really really close. So this comes down to uh, first your your roster build, right? Uh, if you go heavy on a quarterback like some of you talked about earlier, 
Um, you're going to try to spend down here and maybe go to somebody like Javante uh, Williams. We'll we'll see. Maybe Javante becomes the uh, the free square this week, depending on what happens with Melvin Gordon at practice on Friday. But um, Antonio Gibson's not far behind him in terms of points per dollar at this point. Even Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. I was really surprised to see Saquon Barkley. Uh, We're really doing that. Like, no, I'm really? not saying I, no, I, I'm just talking about points per dollar. The ones, um, the ones that I like um, are more expensive. If they, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing a narrative here, Devin. You have to let me get to my. Uh, you know, you know <laughs> what the words Saquon Barkley do to me. Just because you're now a Penn State grad, and congrats, by the way. Yeah. I don't know if it's official, but you can't start jumping on the Saquon Barkley bandwagon no. at this point. You, you I, can't finish a sentence if you say I, that name. I was really surprised that he was, uh, I mean, he's, he's right there looking at this. He's third and not a distant third, like almost neck and neck with Javante uh, Williams, which is going to go up because if, if uh, Melvin Gordon is out, that's going to go up and um, Austin Eckler. So Austin Eckler is the guy I want this week in cash. He's 8,300. Um, there are a lot of questions about that backfield. And as you guys have already talked about, he could be the wide receiver one. Um, and Justin Herbert's going to feed him at 8,300. So this is one of the reasons I want to spend down at quarterback so I can jam in his $8,300 salary. And then um, and then I want to go with uh, – this is really going to set Devin off. Or maybe not. Maybe maybe now you've come to realization that uh, Leonard Fournette is a legit RB1 at 7,400 um, at home against Buffalo. Uh, they have a 28-point implied team total. The guy's been getting fed. He's been playing well. I know you don't like to admit it, but at the end of the day, he's a pretty solid player for uh, the price this week at 7,400. So those are the guys. Uh, you know, as we're building through, Taysom Hill, 5,600, and then I'm going to stack him up with Austin Eckler and Leonard Fournette at a higher price, 83 and 7,400. And I'm going to avoid some of the landmines that we talked about uh, with Javante, Antonio Gibson, uh, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley. Those guys all kind of scare me unless uh, the, the one exception being if MG3 is out, then I think you can really uh, get uh, exposure to Javante Williams in cash. Okay. I don't I don't hate Leonard Fournette. I, the price has just gotten so prohibitive that it worries me based off of his consistency. No, I would I, I would disagree. This, well, I don't have so, my red guys anymore because I'm not a red So here's he's, he's, he's 7,400 and he's he is a he is the RB one on a high scoring team. We talked about Vegas earlier. There's only one game with a total over 50. He's in it. You he can't plays. find 500 dollars to go to Alvin Kamara versus the Jets. Who's coming with, off of an injury? I mean, with no Mark Ingram, are they really going to run Tony Taysom, Jones out there? The guy's Taysom awful. Hill. Taysom Hill doesn't throw to running backs. He runs instead. Kamara does not have great splits with Taysom Hill. Fournette played, you know, 87% of the snaps last week, 76% of the team carries, ran around on 76% of dropbacks. He, he said over 20% of the team targets in two of the last four games, and the other one was like 16%. I mean, he is, he is the guy in the offense. And he's if, only you're, if you're watching from home and this is your, your first time in a while, write this down because Ryan and I never agree on anything. This has to be, <laughs> the, the, you know, but this has to be. Devin and shit. I disagree more than you and I, though. I so, guess I disagree with people. <laughs> Who knows? But no, for, for Devin Fournette is the guy on a really elite offense. I mean, the Jets in a have week allowed where we don't have Jonathan Taylor. Like the Jets have allowed twenty-two touchdowns to running backs this season. Okay, that's fair. I, I mean, I think his point's valid though, Devin. I, with Taysom Hill under center, they get inside the the ten yard line. There's a real possibility that Taysom Hill's the guy that runs it in, right? Yeah, I'm going to take both. You're going to do both what? You're in cash, do... I'm taking Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill. The Saints score 28 points. I get all the touchdowns. It's safe. That's how I'm starting. I'm going I'm going Austin Eckler, Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara, and Javante Williams and figuring the rest out. I Look, I mean, okay. if you want to go Leonard Fournette, that's fine. I, I have no issue with that. Um, Seems like you I, do. No, I, I really, I really don't. I, I just the price is a little too high for me. I want, I want more consistency from the in it, from the running position. I know he catches a lot of passes. I understand that, but he hasn't topped fifty yards rushing in four of his last five games. 
So I, okay. I mean, if if we look against the Giants in the in the game that they scored thirty points, he had thirty five yards rushing and thirty nine yards receiving, didn't score a touchdown. So I think Alvin Kamara is more likely to score a touchdown than Leonard Fournette. Is is Alvin Kamara going to play a full? I don't know the answer to this. Is he going to play a full bevy of snaps after Mark, missing five weeks of Mark football? Mark Ingram's on the COVID list. He's been practicing. He's been practicing fully for two weeks. So I think they've held him out for just getting him right. And with Mark Ingram being out, they're not playing Tony Jones. I mean, Ty Montgomery though has been getting. Uh, he's also on the COVID list. Oh, is yeah. he? Ty, Ty yeah. is. Okay, mm-hmm. well then. I, we're I just splitting have... here hairs here, guys. I mean, let's just move on. I, if you want to play either one of them, I think. I think they're both fine. I just prefer Kamara over Fournette. Maybe it's a little bit of a bias. I'm sure it is. Phil. Maybe. Ryan. Yeah, uh, actually, let's go to Ryan. Let's close out cash. Yeah. I'm just going to ignore Phil for a little bit, and then <laughs> I don't want to hear any more about Leonard Fournette, and then we'll go into uh, we'll go into GPPs. Phil, Phil's still victory lapping for his uh, preseason Fournette take, and rightfully so. It was a good take. Um, yeah, no, I, I think uh, we, we, we talked about the top, and, and – and you're right, trying to get two of those guys in. I think both John and Devin said that. But there's going to be folks who don't necessarily want to do that. So that kind of middle layer is intriguing to me. Um, you mentioned uh, uh, Antonio Gibson. So if J.D. McKissick out, is out again, we saw Gibson was a workhorse last week. You know, I think he's viable. It's, it's 6,000 on DraftKings. Um, and then Josh Jacobs, who... Um, Kenyon Drake is now out for the year. So Josh Jacobs is, is now, I guess, a three down running back again. Um, he, he, he was targeted on 25% of passes last week and ran a route on 71%. So uh, I think, believe he had eight catches last week, which I looked at the game logs and Josh Jacobs with eight catches. Wow. That's something we should at least take note of. So I think those are your two guys in the middle. uh, If you're interested. Um, one, one thing, JD McKissick's trending towards playing. He is. Okay. So Gene's article was midweek. Admittedly, it was, you know, yesterday said, said maybe not, but, it, but if McKissick plays, then definitely not um, Gibson, especially if Melvin Gordon doesn't play because for a hundred cheaper, you're on Javante Williams. So I, I think the decision tree is, is pretty well set there. Um, one guy that's interesting and it's probably GPP only because it makes me feel a little icky inside is um, 5,100 Deontay Foreman against Jacksonville. Um, He's, he's the running running back for Tennessee who likes to run and want, probably wants to get back to what they're doing. They've had a really tough go of it ever since Derrick Henry was out. And last week I, on this show, I said I think that the Rams will have a get-right game against uh, Jacksonville. And I said that in the context of talking about Cooper Cup and doing what they want to do. And they did that. And um, if Tennessee wants to get back to what they want to do, I think it goes through Foreman. Uh, again, it's, it's not going to feel great. He's not, a, he's not going to catch a lot of passes if any, but, um, Foreman going for a hundred yards and, and at least a touchdown would not be one of the most shocking things I've ever seen. Bill, where are we going for conviction? <laughs> uh, Go ahead, John. I, I'm sorry. No, the, no. uh, for what it's worth, uh, my, my opinion on the, uh, Hilliard or Foreman are not strong. Uh, but I am curious to hear what you guys think about, um, the Cowboys running back situation right now, Tony Pollard looks like he's a game time decision. He's been the superior back. Um, I guess the question is how bad or how good do you think Ezekiel Elliott is at, at this point? If he's got the, um, the entire backfield to himself, the Cowboys are four and a half point favorite. They've got the fourth highest implied team total in Vegas. Are we playing Zeke? If, uh, if Tony is out, is he chalk? Price I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if he gets the chalk because of the price and because of the, um, well, what would you call that, vividness Perception. bias, Perception. you know, where 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 people remember the last thing they saw and the last thing they saw was Zeke limping around on live TV while Pollard was, you know, dusting him for long touchdowns. Um, I, I think it's really, really interesting, right, because that, that top price tier is going to belong to, Kam- um, not Kamara, to Eckler in tournaments. Right. And you definitely want to look for price pivots in that range. And the two guys that come to mind immediately for me were Ezekiel Elliott and Alvin Kamara. And they both come with huge question marks, but then they also come with their backups, probably not being able to play. 
you know, so where do you find that balance? I, I think when it comes down to it on Sunday, if we know that Pollard is out, I am guessing I'm going to have a good amount of Zeke just because of the, uh, the touch projection. Uh, it's, it's going to be super high. Um, you know, so on, on GPP running backs, I, I think a lot of good ground has been covered. Um, I'll throw a couple of other things out there, uh, in, in regards to what's already been said in, in Tennessee, I saw that Jordan Wilkins signed and I haven't been paying close enough attention to that to know if he's going to be active, if he's going to be in the rotation. Uh, but Jordan Wilkins, uh, formerly of the Colts is probably already the best running back on that roster, uh, including Deontay Foreman. Uh, and whoever else they have in that backfield. I mean, maybe uh, Hilliard actually looked pretty explosive uh, on his snaps, but I don't know. That that could throw a wrench in the plans, but right now I, I threw up the yellow black eye Joe for Ryan because uh, Foreman does come up pretty high for me. Um, the game script should, should certainly be there. And then with Josh Jacobs, um, the, the pass catching thing has been a trend. Uh, so even before the nine targets after Drake went out last week, you know, he was seeing four or five catches a game for a couple weeks straight there, uh, which is good. But Jalen Richard was out last week. Looks like he's going to be active this week. Um, I don't know. I, I, w- I would say that Jacob still looks good for minimum three to five catches. Uh, but Richard might pick up more of that. I don't know that we're going to see another, you know, five plus catch game. Uh, out of Jacobs. Um, in terms of leverage, I think you could look at, at Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, um, Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, they have their fans every week. Uh, I think in particular Hill should be very popular. And, and of course Mahomes stacked with Hill. Um, I'm expecting the Raiders. I mean, listen, if they don't adjust what they did against Kansas city, like three weeks ago, um, that allowed Mahomes to like run rampant for 40 points, then shame on them. Uh, so I would imagine they're going to try to let the running game beat them. And should that happen, um, the Raiders can't really stop the run. So CEH, even though there's a timeshare, uh, he's the base down back, you know, since he came back two weeks ago, he's got 70% of the rush attempts, uh, 65% of the touches overall. I think that's enough. You know, he just needs to to get in the end zone. Uh, and if he does, I think he's a really good play in GPPs. Uh, and I know I'm rambling, so I'll cut it short after this. But the, uh, <laughs> the other one uh, is Joe Mixon. He's got this early week uh, illness that we got to watch. And he's never a sharp play on DraftKings because he does not catch passes. And he's always uh, more highly rostered than he probably ought to be. Uh, but I think this week he won't be because he's coming off a not so great week. He's got the illness. Uh, he had a little neck injury. The 49ers aren't really an exciting matchup. Uh, but I don't know. I see most of Cincinnati's uh, TDs coming on the ground this week. So, so Phil, talk to me about Nick Chubb and Cordero Patterson because those are the only two running backs you didn't mention. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you really do you really want me to talk about them? <laughs> no. Let's jump. Let's jump into wide receivers, guys. And and Ryan, I, I need a break from Phil's rambling. Where where are we going at wide receiver? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, we we alluded to it earlier, but if if either Keenan Allen and or Mike Williams uh, do not play. Seems like Jalen Guyton would be the next man up um, for the Chargers, who are projected to score quite a few points against a really bad Giants team. Um, 26 and a half points, which is third on the slate, I believe. Um, Guyton had a big game last week, uh, caught a deep touchdown against Cincinnati in what was a, uh, a, a really torrid start for, for the Chargers there. So I think Guyton is somebody you're looking at, but but certainly, you know, it's it's Thursday night now, so keep an eye on things there. Um, the other one that, that you know, I, I, I have a couple that I kind of looked at from a GPP perspective because I think we alluded to that the middle tier is less than desirable here at wide receiver. Um, but somebody I'm looking at this week, uh, just in terms of getting a little bit of cheap exposure to, to kind of the marquee game, uh, is, is Cole Beasley. So Tampa Bay... DBs are, are not, uh, oh, hey, John, 
Tampa Bay <laughs> DBs are, are not great. Um, you cannot run on Tampa Bay. They're a pass funnel defense. And they play a ton of zone. And Cole Beasley is a guy who just beats zone. Um, and he's only 5,000. So if you're looking for, you know, a non-Steph Diggs guy to partner with Josh Allen or, or just a just really a seat filler, uh, for lack of a better term, at, at wide receiver, Cole Beasley's somebody. Uh, and then really even deeper in that game, and this is purely a um, kind of a, a peripherals play uh, to steal a buzzword from our industry here, is, um, is a, a receiver for Tampa who played 84% of the snaps last week and ran a route on 90% of the dropbacks but had, I think, one catch. And that's uh, Brashad Perriman. So he has taken on the third receiver role for a team that plays a lot of 11. Ryan has been muted for talking about UCF players. John, <laughs> talk to us about wide receivers. <laughs> I didn't even say anything about UCF. He's Tampa's third receiver. I will I will say that Brashad Perryman tell, caught me by surprise. I, I immediately went. I don't even know these in my player pool, but I, I'll, I'll look that should up. should be. Uh, look, we're talking cash game players. Go go to the wide receiver one there in Tampa Bay. Uh, Chris Godwin has been just on fire, and he's only seventy one hundred. He's, he's probably a thousand to two thousand dollars too cheap. Um, other guys in the mid range, I don't know. I mean, it's it's not terrible. Uh, DJ Moore, uh, you know, going up against Atlanta at sixty two hundred, I think is in play for cash games. Brandon Cooks. Uh, against Seattle um, is another guy who just continues to to do nothing but catch passes, and he's only 5,700. And then uh, I think Phil was going to tell, um, maybe, I don't know, uh, Visca. Is that who you like on, on Jacksonville? There's a different player, huh? Oh, how about that? I'll have to, I, for what it's worth, I do like most of their receivers this week. But if you're playing um, in cash and you need to save some, need to save some cash, Visca Chenault. So I, you know, those are the guys. I do like uh, Ryan where he started. That was with uh, Jalen Guyton. Um, but those are my cash game players, and I'll hand it over to maybe to Phil for his GPP selections. I'll add it. I'll add in a couple of cash sure. game plays real quick. So I think Jarvis Landry at 5,400 could be interesting. Coming off a bye, he had 111 yards um, in the prior matchup against the Ravens. The Ravens secondary is really banged up right now that no Marcus Peters, no Marlon Humphrey. They're both out for the year. They're looking like they're going to start some guys off the practice squad. The Browns showed that they have no, no answer for the running game as Nick Chubb had eight carries for 16 yards in their last matchup. So I think if the Browns are going to move the ball, it's going to be through Landry. John. How many touchdowns does Jarvis Landry have this year? <laughs> Don't look one. Zero. I, I think he's a hell, of a, a, a heck of a, sorry, Joe, um, a heck of a GPP play this week. Um, you know, maybe in cash. He's going to be maybe, popular. You think he's going to go, you think he's going to get popular? I have met 14% right now. Jarvis Competitors Landry. have him at about 18%. Jarvis Landry. Can't see yep. that happening. If he, if he's that high, then he's not a good GPP play, but um, he hasn't scored all year. I think there's some positive scoring regression in his future. I like to call Devin. That's that's all. I just wanted to to be to be uh, relevant by the time I, it came back to me. And then the the other the other player that I'll take. I don't believe in this Denver minus ten nonsense. I think that <laughs> Detroit is playing hard. I think that they they're building on some things. Jared Goff didn't look terrible. I I like Amonra St. Brown at two and a half percent rostered. I don't know that I can get there in cash, but at 5K, I mean, he's there effectively their number one receiver, and he had what a massive game last week. It might be point chasing a little bit, probably is, but I'm going to take a shot on a Monterey St. Brown in, in a GPP this week. Phil, I'll hand it over to you, and then Ryan will go back to hear more about nonsense. I also like the Jarvis Landry call insofar as him uh, possibly having a big game, uh, but I, I had him pegged uh, well below 10%, probably topping out around six or seven. Uh, and at that point, I, I think I wouldn't mind playing him. Um, so my favorite GPP play, and it kind of occurred to me as we were talking about the Dallas running back situation, uh, is Amari Cooper, uh, because the answer there might be if Tony Pollard is out and we're looking at a hobbled Ezekiel Elliott in the running game, uh, Amari Cooper is now healthy. He's all the way back uh, after a long layoff. 
uh, from COVID. He was a little bit limited uh, last Thursday night when we saw him. Uh, but he should be ready for a full complement of snaps, and he is cheap, um, way too cheap. I would say by a solid five, six hundred dollars. Um, so I think he might actually be the guy there. Maybe they just finally uh, pass the ball, uh, and Cooper's real cheap. Um, other guys in that six to seven K range because I, I think that um, John said DJ Moore. I think he's going to be popular. Godwin uh, at seventy one hundred is going to be popular. Um, Renfro, assuming Waller is out, he's getting expensive, but I think he's probably still going to be popular. Um, so looking for leverage in that range, you know, outside of Cooper, I guess you could throw CD lamb in the same boat, even though he's a little bit more expensive. Uh, DK Metcalf should start doing something eventually. And against the Texans who have no one to defend them, that's a pretty good time. Uh, you got Mike Evans leverage on the Godwin chalk. Um, I don't mind Jamar Chase. I think we'd probably be looking at him a little bit differently if he hadn't bobbled a 70-yard touchdown, knocked it back to a defender, and caused it to get intercepted last week. And because I'm talking a lot again, uh, I will I will wrap it up with uh, my Jaguars receiver, uh, who is not LaVisca Chenault because... LaVisca Chenault's dot is like behind the line of scrimmage. It's negative. Um, Laquan Treadwell is the wide receiver one there. Uh, whether the world is ready for it or not, uh, the last two weeks, Laquan Treadwell has snap shares of 86 and 93%, uh, routes run percentages of 86 and 91%, target market shares of 20 and 18%. Um, just about double-digit DraftKings points in both games, which is no great shakes, but he's 3,400. And I think there's upside this week because the Titans' secondary is terrible. The last time that we saw them, uh, Kendrick Bourne looked like some sort of superstar wide receiver. Um, so if you give me the same Laquan Treadwell usage that he's been getting against these Titans... Um, I, I think we could be looking at, you know, 15 to 18 points there, which is, is plenty for a GPP. There's no chance, but I will say that <laughs> I will say this about Laquan Treadwell. He is the second worst name that we had in this wide receiver section. Hey, Rashad Perryman would be the worst <laughs> in this section. If you're taking a first round bust, take the one that's 400 cheaper attached to Tom Brady than the one that's attached to Trevor Lawrence. That's all okay. I'm saying. Ryan, anything else that you wanted to add here? How could I possibly add anything more? <laughs> Let's jump. John, are you good? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop. I think. I think these guys have. They've mined the fields pretty well. Okay, so to summarize, cash games. It sounds like DJ Moore, Brandon Cooks, Jalen Guyton. If one of one of Mike Williams or Keenan Allen is out, are we aligned to that, or do we need both? I like Josh I Palmer. You like Josh Palmer. Okay. Jarvis Landry, potentially, and then Chris Godwin. Anyone else I'm missing for cash? Treadwell's not Treadwell is not cash. out of the Treadwell is not out of the court. Okay, we're going to tight ends. Devin tight ends working the manual mute button tonight. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're trying to keep this show on the rails here, boys and girls, because no Dan Bach, it's a dangerous situation. <laughs> All right, tight ends. And John, we're going to go to you. Some expensive tight ends this week. Are we paying up? Can we pay up? Is there guys down low that you like enough to... One of these top-end guys seems like they might go off, but where are we starting? Yeah, I mean, look, for, for cash, I, I, I'm probably spending down. Um, it's my typical... I mean, you've been watching the show long enough, you know... I spend down at tight end and uh, because it's highly volatile. I spend down at, at quarterback because it's forgiving and I spend up at the other positions. And if I'm doing that, it's uh, it's Jared Cook, 3,200 on a team that are a lot of question marks at the receiver position. Um, I, I, he's, he's top of my board right now in terms of uh, points per dollar value. And then um, I, I touted this guy a few weeks ago, uh, the second guy on my cash game list. And I, I think I, I caught some slack that week and he delivered. And that's um, James O'Shaughnessy. 
2,900. He's a, you know, last week he had a, he had a big week and um, we're talking about these Jacksonville receivers being good value this week. That's the way I'm going to go. Um, I will say there's not a lot I like at the top end this week. Um, Devin, I know you, that was kind of how you led into this and um, maybe I'll, I'll just, you know, complete out or round out my, my tight end thoughts with, with regards to how I'm treating some of those, those folks, Rob Gronkowski, uh, it's been red hot, uh, no denying it, but he's, he's only about 6% to reach GPP value this week on his $6,000 salary. So if his ownership gets above that, then I'm going to be fading him. And, um, and Kelsey is right around the same area. So, um, I think I'm going to be spending down in both, uh, tournaments as well as cash games at this position this week. So Rotor Grinders, I'll, I'll shout their their ownership projections out there. They have Kelsey and Kittle both at seven percent. That's week. about where they should be. So at the top at the top of the board, James O'Shaughnessy at fifteen, Austin Hooper at thirteen. Ryan, over to you. When did James O'Shaughnessy have a big game? I'm, I'm looking at his game logs. He was two for thirteen last week and three for twenty nine the week before, and then. Nothing since week two. So, uh, John, John's old age is confusing him with Dan Arnold. We'll give him a break. Um, no, 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 no. I, I actually remember this pretty clearly because I shouted out John twice last week in his absence. One was the Leonard Fournette victory lap that we both should have taken together. Uh, so I took one in your honor. And then the other one was when I touted James O'Shaughnessy yeah. last week. I said, shout out to my boy, John Lee. Uh, And I think it's because that does go back to week two uh, before Dan Arnold came along and before O'Shaughnessy got hurt. Week one, he had six for 40. Week one, he had six for 40. There it is. All right. So I think, I think John was on that the following week. So, so it's, it's December 9th. Um, That was (laughs) September 9th. So like, what are we doing? Um, It's Austin Hooper. It, it's it's not Jarvis Landry on uh, it might be Jarvis Landry a little bit but Hooper's going to score the touchdown after Landry gets him down there and and, and uh, the Browns are without they're very tight end heavy they're very wide receiver light but they're without two tight ends this week very likely and Hooper's probably going to be the only guy and he's 3400 I, I there's there's just I'm finding I, I forget the price difference what is it 600 500 dollars I'm finding the 500 to steal um, some of Devin's uh, more frequent lines. I'm stealing, I'm finding 500 to get from O'Shaughnessy to Hooper if I'm paying down. Um, so the you, other guy that like I like, uh, Cook or Hooper? Probably Hooper because I'm probably playing Guyton already. And maybe that's bad process, but um, if I have Guyton in the lineup, I'll probably diversify away from some Chargers because I'm probably going to have Eckler in the lineup too. So that's a lot of Chargers. I, 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 I'm, I'm with you on Cook. It makes sense. If you're, if you're not playing Guyton, play Cook. But that's why I'm that's why I'm leaning Hooper. Um, the other one that's a possibility there in a similar price to Hooper is, uh, and, and I feel like this is my guy. So uh, apologies here, but um, every time I'm on the show, Logan Thomas is hurt. So it's Ricky Seals Jones at 3600. Um, the guy's hyper athletic, former college wide receiver, played every snap when Logan Thomas was out earlier this year. Logan Thomas has avoided an ACL injury, but is likely to be out this week. Uh, now, Ricky Seals-Jones himself was inactive last week, so pay attention to it. But if he's the Washington tight end, he is you know, probably the Washington tight end. So he's somebody uh, to look at as well. Can I, can I just quickly yeah. chime in on what I was saying earlier? Uh, uh, I, I need to defend myself. Ryan's absolutely right. <clears throat> I, um, I called out a big game for O'Shaughnessy. He, uh, what I was what I wanted to say was he's only been active for two weeks since returning from injury. The first week he had a 12% team market share. Uh, last week he was the, uh, the number one guy on the entire team in terms of team market share at 21%. Um, it didn't equate to anything or a lot. Uh, that said, I, I, I'm quite happy to still roll with him. So just for clarification's sake. Yeah, I'll I'll drop one more note on O'Shaughnessy, and that's that um, it didn't turn into anything because he really sucks. Like I, I watched, <laughs> like I I watched a good part of that, and he was dropping passes, like he was in the wrong place. Like the guy's bad, they, but they're they're trying to get him the ball. Uh, they they try to throw to tight ends there. So I just, I'm, I'm down. Quick, 
I'm down with our it. listeners to go to football guys and type in the top right corner, James O'Shaughnessy and go see his player profile picture on our website. And you will not play him in DFS. <laughs> do that now. It's brutal. All right. One, so I, one, ahead, one, one thing, and then we can jump into GPPs. I do like Travis Kelsey this week. I know I said he was washed a few weeks ago, but the Raiders uh, have struggled against the tight ends. They've struggled for the tight ends like seemingly forever, but they've allowed three touchdowns over the last two weeks. And right before that, they allowed 119 yards to Travis Kelsey. So I think if someone is going to have a big day and if the Chiefs get right, I don't know that I can play him in cash just because I don't know that I can afford him. I'm probably going Austin Hooper, but in a GPP setting, I do think that Travis Kelsey is somewhat interesting, especially since it seems like all of the wide receivers are inflation, like the whole rest of the world. Like Hunter Renfro is like $6,800 right now. It's crazy. Travis Kelsey at 74, like he has as much upside as any of the guys that are in that range. But I thought you said he was washed up. I need to clarify. Except for the Raiders. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. There's a a rule that like when he plays the Raiders, it's fine. I got Fountain of Youth. Yeah, their, their linebackers are, in fact, the fountain of youth. Um, I think GPPs is pretty cut and dry. Uh, just if you if you want to get unique and, and have upside at the tight end position, just spend 5500 or more. Um, that's where you've got Kelsey, you've got Kittle, uh, you've got Gronkowski, who is, is definitely not going to be a sharp play, like John said, but he's been defying the odds all year, uh, even... I'm, I'm going to say it and piss Devin off, Kyle Pitts. Uh, sorry, Joe, but uh, also a sharp play last week, although he didn't come through. Um, one one guy that I thought would have been on your cash game radar hold, for DraftKings. Hold, 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 hold on. Go ahead. Kyle Pitts didn't come through. He didn't come through. That doesn't isn't, mean he was a bad play. Isn't that the trend of like this entire year? Like, How many times are we going to say Kyle Pitts didn't come through? I, we say it every week. What are we talking about? We're talking about that he was in a, a solid percentage of professional DFS players tournament lineups last week because he was a good play. Sometimes the good plays don't materialize. Sometimes you know, like, they uh, get it wrong. Like, like James O'Shaughnessy last week. And, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes they work out. Um, so, yeah, Kyle Pitts, still a good play. I was surprised that you guys didn't uh, mention Gerald Everett. Uh, I thought that at, at his price you know, possibly a, a viable pivot off of someone like Jared Cook uh, in that matchup up against the Texans. Russell Wilson's been looking his way a lot since since he returned. Um, what about Foster Moreau, uh, last week's busted chalk? I think, uh, I'm assuming Dar- uh, Darren Waller's going to be out. He hasn't practiced uh, again uh, this week. Uh, Moreau was a horrible tournament play last week at 30-plus percent. Uh, I'm just wondering, you know, does the tight end variance level out on a week where nobody's going to be looking his way anymore? He's too expensive. It's too expensive. You, you think the price hike did it to him? Okay. Yeah. yeah. There, there, there's a there's a good chance that 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 is accurate, but I, I I just don't think we should forget about him altogether. I've already forgotten about him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump into team defenses. Phil, we'll start with you. Let's not name all 28 defenses <laughs> on this slate. Who do you like in defenses? All right, so cash games looks to me like the Browns and the Seahawks. GPPs. Um, I like the idea of kind of going against the grain of the chalky quarterbacks because they could just as easily turn the ball over a lot. Uh, and that's playing the Jets against Taysom Hill and playing the Falcons against Cam Newton. Uh, kind of a good way to leverage that ownership. Uh, and then the last one for tournaments I like is the Bengals. Uh, I just think they have a, a frisky defense that never gets too popular. John? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I like Seattle against Houston at home. Or, excuse me, Seattle at Houston, uh, 3,100 for cash games. And then I like the last defense that uh, that Phil referenced for for GPPs, uh, the San Francisco 49 or not, not the 49ers, but the Sam, the Cincinnati Bengals going against, um, the 49ers, uh, the 49ers to be fair, have scored a lot of points, um, over the past five weeks, 33, 17, 31, 30, 34, 23. 
Um, people are going to be scared to to go against them, but they've got some questions on offense. Debo Samuel's been hobbled. They've got no running backs right now that are healthy. Um, <clears throat> they're playing on the road in Cincinnati, and Cincinnati's only 2,900, um, and they're going to be overlooked. So uh, that's my GPP recommendation for the week. Ryan? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Phil mentioned the one that I like a lot for kind of either format, and that's the Jets. They're only 2,500. Um, Taysom Hill stinks as a quarterback. So perhaps, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the mega correlation play is actually playing Taysom Hill and, and the defense against him, even though that's counterintuitive. Ooh. Dallas scored 18 last week. Um, I believe, you know, 14 of those were in the final three minutes of that game. Uh, I know because I was playing against them in a season-long league, which no one wants to hear about. But it was painful to watch Taysom Hill throw balls um, – you know, coming from behind it, they may not be behind in this game, but anytime he's throwing, y you're going to hold your breath. Um, so there's a world where Taysom Hill scores 20, 25 and the defense he plays scores 10 or more as well. Um, so I, I like the jets quite a bit there. And then um, on our, you know, single lineup builder here, just poking around the, the Panthers keep showing up um, hosting the Falcons. They're, they're 2,900. No, where am I? 2,800. Uh, hosting the Falcons, who just kind of have no one to throw to, um, in, including Kyle Pitts. Sorry, Phil. But um, <laughs> it's a Falcons team just with, with a dearth of weapons. And, and you know, are they really going to put up? It just seems like a floor play um, having anyone against the Falcons. You've got kind of a quarterback who can't run, uh, throwing to, to players who, who aren't, you know, super good. So um, that one pops out as well. And for me, just take the Ravens in GPPs. Baker Mayfield is Baker Mayfield not sticks. a good quarterback. So, <laughs> okay, that'll wrap us up. Um, any last words, guys? On to week fifth. On to week fourteen. I, exciting week. Difficult. I week. got. I got. I got one. Um, we didn't really discuss what you're doing with Taysom Hill if you wanted to play him in tournaments. Um, who you're stacking him with? Uh, Devin, you mentioned playing him with Alvin Kamara. I, I think I get that for cash games and that you get all of the Saints uh, offensive production. I, I don't know that I could get there in tournaments just because it, it doesn't correlate. They kind of cannibalize each other. Uh, I think it's interesting to note Deontay Harris. I think his name's Deontay Harris, right? Uh, is out. He's suspended, and he's kind of been their their best weapon in the passing game over the last couple of weeks. So for as much as Taysom Hill is going to throw, my assumption is that it's going to go to uh, Traquan Smith, and I don't think that anybody's going to be on him, even though Hill is chalky. Uh, so just one one last little nugget for you. I did yeah, not you mention could... that UCF player. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there, there's a couple other guys. What? Who was it? Like Lil Jordan Humphrey had a big game a couple weeks ago. Great name. Like, who, who, Definitely who, a great name. He's the player I would recommend, by the way. He's the one most likely to hit GPP value. He seems to possibly score the touchdown if they're going to throw one, but I don't know. Maybe the answer is fade Taysom Hill in, in GPPs and uh, don't stack. You know, I don't know that he has the – maybe he does have the ceiling based off of his rushing upside, but – is he going to throw 300 yards? Probably not. No. Never. So, run maybe the answer. You're hoping he scores a touchdown and gets, I mean, you're hoping he gets 100 yards rushing. He probably won't. But you're You need two rushing touchdowns in GPPs, I would think. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So maybe the answer is fade him or do the Lamar Jackson treatment and hope for 100 rushing yards and two touchdowns. But I don't know that I would waste a roster spot on – Little Jordan Humphrey, or like it seems like you can get other guys in that price that are going to outperform. Even it's stacking, there's like smart stacking, and then there's stacking just to stack. And I don't think yeah. that's a smart stack. But think of the well, story, that, right? If you win the millionaire maker with little Jordan Humphrey, you've got to buy his jersey and you can wear that forever. It's a whole thing. Yeah. John, anything as we wrap up here? No, I don't think there's anything from me. Um, I, I was going to say, I, I will say that um, I think, what, where do you have Elijah Moore, Devin, in terms of uh, Rodgers? Um, Good point. I'll use Roto-Grinders just because I have it up right now. They have him at 14%. I think I'm a little bit lower than that, but I think I'm like 10, 11. Uh, we, don't, we don't talk about it a lot on the show, but, he, but um, you know, I'm always big on fading the right guys. 
because that's as important as anything, especially if you're playing more than, I don't know, a dozen lineups or so. And um, I typically play 150 lineups a week. Um, he's a guy, as of today, I'm going to fade as much as I like his talents. Um, he's he's getting too popular. People are, are jumping on that bandwagon. And um, if he stays as high as what you've just quoted, that's too high. You should stay away from him. Okay. Cool. Ryan, anything? Thank you for joining us this week. No, thanks for having me. Um, you know, UCF uh, hate and all. I, for the record, I didn't bring them up. I just brought up a player. I mean, okay. <laughs> with, 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 with that, we will wrap up. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you're still listening at this point, um, here in week 14, 59 minutes into the episode, we appreciate you. And if you're not listening, then it doesn't really matter. So um, with that, I will wish everyone the best of luck in week 14 and hope the variance goes your way this week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.